For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Dogs of War podcast. It is great to have you here as always. This episode is brought to you by Zabel Apparel Company. It's like 50 below in Cleveland and everywhere else right now. You got to stay warm. Get yourself a brand new Cleveland Browns hoodie. Check them out. S-Z-A-B-O apparel.com. Today's episode, Raleigh and I recap the Super Bowl, a few other things, some news, and then we get into the Doggies Awards. Let's go. I still believe. Wait. I meant to ask you actually before. Um, is it weird? Is it like I go through an entire case of bottled water a week? Is that a lot? <laughs> it's funny you bring that up because I've been drinking LaCroix like, I guess, I was going to say like water. I can't do it. Maybe not. I am so pro LaCroix, but then Kate was mad that I'm not drinking enough water and I'm like, isn't sparkling water? Isn't that just as hydrating? Oh, we're uh, recording, by the way. Oh, sick. Well, we can continue this conversation later. Welcome back to the Dogs of War podcast, the season two finale. We made it. We we did it. And gosh, a magical podcast season. More importantly, a magical brown season. Uh, We got the Doggies Awards tonight. Uh, I'm excited for the doggies, Kevin. We've been talking about this for a while. I'm excited for the doggies. I'm excited to be podding. It's been a while. What's happening? What's up? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. We uh, took a little bit of a break after the Browns. Uh, They went down swinging. They lost to the Super Bowl runner-ups, the Chiefs, in the divisional round, was it? And um, that was a divisional round, right? Do we have an episode after that game? Yeah, for sure. Did we? I think we did. Seemed like a... Anyway. Dude, the past month, like, everything that went down with, like, uh, us getting into the playoffs and Tom and everything, like, that was what? a month ago. This Sunday's been the one month since the Pittsburgh beatdown, right? Um, I don't know exact dates, but... I think it's been like four weeks. That's Less unbelievable. Than, uh, we would like to dedicate this episode and this season to our good friend Tom Seipel, um diehard Browns fan. He's been battling cancer uh, for the past three years. Uh, We've had a, it's been great getting to know Tom. We're so happy that he could see the Browns not only make it to the playoffs, but he got to witness it firsthand from the suite of Emily and Baker Mayfield. And then from his TV, watched the Browns beat the living shit out of the Steelers. Uh, Tom, it looks like he is at the end of his long fought battle with cancer but he is at peace and it was a pleasure to get to know him and his family. So thoughts and prayers to his family. Uh, we love you, Tom and keep supporting us from above big guy. Yeah. Uh, you said it perfectly. You know, it's just been an absolute 
gift to, to meet that guy. And man, I mean, that disease just kept keeps trying to get him down and he just keeps giving the finger right back. So Tom, we're praying for you. Everyone's praying for you. Stay strong and your family too. Suppose it's appropriate to talk about the Super Bowl. Granted, the Browns were screwed out of it by a headshot from that Kansas City guy on Higgins. Dirty Dan, what's his name? Whatever. We don't have to reminisce on that. No names. No names. No names. No names. But kind of an epic Super Bowl. Uh, you got to give Tom Brady the flowers he's due. He has overcome the hate he's obtained over the years. And holy shit, has anybody ever, like his track, to winning that Super Bowl, he beat the Saints who were favored. He beat Breeze in New Orleans. He beat Rodgers in Lambeau. And then he beat the next great, Pat Mahomes, in the Super Bowl. Like, okay, three Hall of Famers in a row. Like, that's that's unheard of. Uh, we've never seen a run like that, at least I don't think. I don't know how you could, on their t- or in their homes, in their house, those guys that he took down and – the best part, what I love, besides the videos of him being absolutely blacked out yesterday at the parade, good for you, Tom. I just <laughs> thought he was, when he was stumbling out of there, getting carried out by his team, uh, his security team, I thought he was too sober for having just won his seventh ring, but that's me. I said never... it's nine. Wait, wasn't nine? nine? No, he's been no, to nine. 10, he's won seven. Been to 10, yeah. one seven. Yeah, yeah. whatever. So, the, the only unfortunate thing is how obsessed we as a society have become with arguing who the goat is and how now, because the, the debate is always Jordan versus Braun. Now you got the first thing ESPN was talking about Monday morning was, is he the goat? Is Tom Brady now the best team sport player of all time? Like we can we just appreciate all the things that we're witnessing right now. Braun and basketball, Brady, uh, you know, Trout and some of the players you have in the MLB right now will be, you know, some of the best players of all time. We are in one of the greatest and most dynamic professional sports eras we'll ever see again. Right now, everyone listening to this and you and I watching these things. So I wish that people would just be, and this is, I, I gave up trying to even defend or fight the Braun versus Jordan thing years ago because I just don't have the energy for it anymore. It's Braun. Can we just enjoy it? Like, just enjoy what we're seeing here. I mean, I'm kind of on team arguing and making a point um it's brady like the guy's the guy's gonna die of natural causes in the next 20 years and he just put up another super bowl like it's insane no it's Um, unbelievable uh uh and you know what i gotta say i think a lot of people would say that the super bowl was kind of underwhelming like i feel like 10 years ago they would say that the super bowl is underwhelming um which it was so boring can be true but like, I think when I started getting won over by Brady, is that the most recent ones, they were always like, you're at the edge of your seat. Like the yeah. 28 to three comeback against um, the Falcons, that goal line stand against the Seahawks, and I'm sure that that snake Pete Carroll didn't win his second. Like that was insane uh, when he won it with the Rams. Granted that uh, when he beat the Rams, that was kind of a slow game, but the Patriots were like considered. They were like, oh, we're they're garbage, whatever. They shouldn't. And then they kept winning and winning and winning and getting there. And he won again. And now, okay, he's is he 44 or 42 or 43, 43, whatever. 43, 43. So then he just goes to Tampa and wins a Super Bowl. Also, big shout out to uh, me and my buddies. We went to the Browns-Tampa game at Tampa. 
uh, Baker's rookie year, uh, Browns weren't able to pull it off. I'm like one in nine on those trips. But <laughs> uh, our captain, when we went uh, deep sea fishing, Captain Kenny Smith, coolest dude in the world, diehard Bucks fan. I stayed in touch with him, and I'm so happy for him as well as other Bucks fans. So, All right, Captain Kenny, shots to you, my man. If you're in Tampa and you're fishing, you call up Captain Kenny Smith. Uh, the things, my takeaways from the Super Bowl, well, one, I think – Raleigh and I watched Super Bowl together at his place. Uh, great new couch in that living room. The best part of Super Bowl were the dips. I think that was an all-star lineup of dips for sure. Oh, oh yeah. We had Kelsey brought the Skyline dip. I'm a big Skyline fan. A lot of Cleveland folk don't get Skyline. She I'm makes so a great Skyline, Skyline dip. Um, I mean, it's in a can. Not to yeah, but you gotta add you but you gotta add some love to it. You gotta cook it right. Yeah, you can screw it up. Yeah, Whatever that artichoke stuff was. That was, was me. That well, that belongs to my oh, you made cousin. that? That's my cousin Stephanie's recipe, but yeah, that was me. Um and then Allie and James, they brought over Allie's cheese dip bowl and it's in a bread bowl. Oh, that stuff's the absolute best. Um you brought pizza, that pizza was and the wings were bumping, but oh my god. I felt like a, I felt like death for like three days after that. That was awesome. I didn't even drink that much. I just felt like I was sweating cheese. It was but, awesome. Yeah, it was magical. But. Uh, my my last couple of takeaways from that is, I mean, Tom Brady is just the absolute, regardless, he's just the absolute king. He's the man. You can't hate Tom Brady. I despise Boston sports, doing his sports, but I never hated Tom Brady. But the a couple of things I was thinking about, first of all, when we saw the streaker, who was out there <laughs> advertising for Vlad's porn site, whatever it was, the first thing that came to my mind watching it in your living room was there's going to be a lot worse things the day the Browns knock on wood, go to the Super Bowl, running onto that field. <laughs> like that's going to be like, that is going to be the least of our concerns of what's going to be trotted out onto that field from the stands in that game or just downtown Cleveland in general. It's going to be a sight. So y'all ain't seen nothing yet talking to the, Everyone here is a Browns fan, so never mind. No one's really listening. Well, we, got some, um, we got some other Browns. We got uh, some non-Browns fans that are Browns but fans. That's, I mean, that, what we're going to put out there is going to be unbelievable. Um, wait, wait, wait. we got to tie on to that. So there was this – I'll present it like it's true, but there was this, like, internet post afterwards saying that that guy, the streaker, placed, right a, on himself. placed a $50,000 bet. Yeah. And adds, like uh, – was like plus got, 350 plus got, 750 or something which yeah. would have been like a three hundred fifty thousand dollar payout and everybody's like, oh my god he's a legend turns out it's not true uh-huh. um because i guess vegas limits the prop bets that you're allowed to make um which that kind of makes sense but i also thought well what if he just like went to a bunch of different books and did like a bunch of two thousand dollar bets that would have been sick um Either way, I really wanted it to be true. And maybe it still is, but it's probably not. They're, anyway. they're talking about that. Yeah, I, I saw that yesterday. They're talking about it um, on the radio. And I was hoping to God that it was true because he would have been an absolute legend. But, yeah. Uh, oh, before we go on, we have to uh, pay some respect. Rest in peace to Coach Marty Schottenheimer. Uh, passed away this past Monday after a long battle with Alzheimer's. 77 years old. Uh, he coached the Browns. For you youngins out there, have a little respect. Do your homework. Read a book one time for me. Uh, Coach the Browns from 84 to 88. That was the year I was born, so a magnificent year, of course. His record during that time, four years, 44 and 27. He presided over the drive and the fumble. Unfortunate moments for us, but regardless, he was one of our most legendary coaches ever. Eighth winningest coach of all-time NFL history. So rest in peace to Marty Schottenheimer, a man who you should 
if you haven't ever YouTubed his speeches or just him talking, it's incredible. So rest in peace, coach. Yeah, that's uh, well said, Kevin. Should we transition into the doggy or should I we talk about oh, no, not yet, yet, not yet, not yet. We got to talk about this season was just magical. 11 oh, and 5, a playoff berth, a playoff win against the Steelers. Um, against the odds, a rookie head coach, the COVID era. Holy shit. A lot riding on the line with Baker. He took a lot of flack for last year. We've we will continue to support him. We've kind of been on the team. Well, I guess that's what happens when you have 50 head coaches in two years. Um, what a magical season for the Browns and hats off. So happy. So thankful. Hit me, Kevin. I could not be happier and hashtag blessed. Cause you're wearing a shirt right now. That's just hashtag blessed. Of what we saw this last season. And of course, like you just said, of all the years for all this to happen, of course, it's the world first pandemic in a century. But we couldn't have had, I mean, obviously it didn't end how anyone wanted it to end, but we also can't, you know, beggars can't be choosers here, guys. Remember, a few years ago, we were 0-16. So we've come a long way from there. We got our coach, we got our QB, we got our GM. We're rocking and rolling. You know, this is the end of season two of the podcast. So that's why we're reflecting on that, of course. But man. I mean, and how about this too? To to put the cherry on top of how absurd a year 2020 going into 2021 still is. This offseason right now, I mean, right now there's there's drama coming out of Seattle with Russ Wilson and the Seahawks. Obviously, Deshaun Watson wants out of Houston. Uh the Jags are gonna draft Trevor Lawrence, number one overall. Uh Tua down in Miami, Darnold, the Jets, uh, of course, Wentz with the, the Eagles. The most tumultuous is that a word tumultuous that's yeah, close craziest qb offseason of all time with so much uncertainty for so many qbs and for the first time we're not we're involved. not in the conversation we're not involved yes. we're not we're not talking about because like we said the last few episodes right now if this was a year ago you and i would be sitting here even to i mean we'd be talking about you know who's our next gm gonna be who's our coach gonna be like that's all we could think about every year at the end of the season was all right we gotta do this all over again so Thank God. It's just so refreshing to not have to worry about that anymore. Everyone's coming back. Everybody. Yeah. Importance, the head coach, the GM, the quarterback, they're coming back. That is unreal. Shout out to uh coach. I've been, I'm trying to, we're trying to get her on the show so bad. Callie Bronson, coach Callie. She got put into, they have a display set up in Ken at the hall of fame. I saw her uh, tweeting a picture about it uh, for her being the first female, uh, you know, position coach ever. So she's badass. We're trying to get her on. Hopefully and also the first soon. one to win a playoff. Hey, yep, that too. So <laughs> they, they got her in the Hall of Fame, rightfully so. And then uh, Alex Van Pelt was also, they gave him a, a little shrine in there too last week or the week before with all his gear that he wore as the first like fill-in coach to win like on the road a playoff game or his first game ever coach or something. So pretty cool. I mean, wh- if you would have told like, there's not one thing that happened this year that you could have told me was going to happen last off season this year. And I would have believed you or even said that's remotely possible. <laughs> it's really not. There's not one thing that happened this season that I would have said last off season. Yeah. I could see that happening. Dude, uh, I just thought of this. I'm experiencing, I am experiencing an unprecedented level of post Browns depression. Oh, I, I don't even care about the draft this year. I do, but you know, usually that's what we're looking forward to the most is who we're going to get. Who's our new quarterback. You know, the, we found out this year, there's 
more than five picks in a draft because we've only ever known one through five as Browns fans. But I want the season to start so bad. Yeah, and people we've have never had that. People always look forward to the first tailgate, the first Muni lot of the year, go down and get ripped. And yeah, I'm still with you on that. But like now, you know, we know that we're we're a playoff team now, or can be, knock on wood. So it's just the anticipation, the hype is now going to be real. But yeah, I need to get to September quick. Yeah, I, I've just been like, I, I've been getting a bunch of DMs of like, I really miss the Browns. I'm like, yeah, me too. Because normally yeah. if the Browns, like over the past, you know, 20 years or so, when the season ends, you're like, yeah, I guess a little break. You know, you take uh, some downtime. You're like, yeah, some separation. Then you get jacked up for the uh, the draft and everything, which again, so happy we have a GM that's competent combined with a coach. But yeah, it's just been uh, kind of a bummer since uh, uh, that last game. I lied that I'm actually, I am looking forward to the draft because I'm pretty sure we haven't really discussed this in to full extent yet, but we'll be there in Cleveland. That's season three. That's season three shit, baby. All right. All right. We won't talk about it till season three. No, it's a good teaser. 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 Oh, yeah. More teaser. More teaser. So we are under contract negotiations. We're selling out. Long story short, we're going to be backed by a. Yeah. Uh, if, if selling out means not making a single dollar. No, we're selling out. We're going to be wealthy and powerful. Don't you worry. That's the first step in selling out. Uh, scared money don't make money. But, you know, we've been doing a lot of media bashing. And guess what? We're kind of media associated now. Well, pending how this contract negotiation goes. Um, turns out contracts, they're really long, really complicated. And I have no idea what 98% of it says. So fact, we got a lawyer. Shout out, Greg. Uh, he's a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Good dude. Uh, he's doing this for a case of beer. Um, that is much. I think we won in that argument in that negotiation, but uh, I mean, that's a deal of the century. Yeah. So uh, we'll uh, let you know how that progresses. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of news. Excited. Early season three is gonna be real. We're coming in hot season yeah. three, and we're also we realize that we're terrible at defining when our season starts. When it I was begins. just gonna say that. I was just uh, gonna say that we're terrible. So. We're going to make this the final episode of season two. And then the preseason of season three is going to start. Yeah, whatever. So uh, we're still figuring out the tomato, tomato exact terms. Hey, babe, grab me a beer. Um, uh, he, excuse, for, clarify, he was talking to his wife and not me. We're not in the same room. Oh, yeah. Do we even want to give an estimation? I'm not editing this part. I'm just having a, an open in front of all these listeners conversation. Do we want to say... Do we want to say like the first week of April? Do we want to say maybe midway through March? Maybe late March, mid late March. March. We'll go mid early late March. March. Mid late, the earliest mid to late March. The yeah. latest first week of April. Is that fair? Yeah, let's keep them on their uh, yeah. keep them on the edge so, of the seats. I'm not gonna lie. Look, I haven't even listened to Cleveland radio for a couple weeks because I need I, and I know not a lot of you people listening here are either because you just need a break. You just gotta you gotta zone out, man. After the whole season of just constant being on all the time, reading and obsessing and tweeting or being on Twitter, these guys zone out. So we're going to do the same as all y'all. So I think now, I think now it's a great segue segue. It wasn't really a segue, but it is now damn. Yeah. I guess now it is. Let's get into the doggies. Kevin, you want to describe what the doggies are in a clear, concise manner? Cause I don't really know how to describe them. Ladies and gentlemen, it came time for the dogs of war podcast to have our own award show, which might, as everything else we do, this might be the first and last time. This might be the new thing we do every few months. It could be yearly. We don't know yet. But tonight we are debuting for the first time for all of you, the doggies. 
the season-ending award show that we will be handing out some very special awards to people on the team, people associated with the team, and people not associated with the team at all regarding this past season. Raleigh, was that clear and concise? Dak, you you crushed that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Clear in my eye. So we have how many to give out here? One, five, like whatever. And we'll probably, as we're reading through them, we'll probably think of some other ones midway through and add them. So there you go. Yep. No point in that. No point in uh, trying to give them a tally. All righty. Uh, without further ado, let's get into the doggies. Kevin, do you want to lead us off with the first doggy award? I sure do, Raleigh. Tonight, the first doggy for worst Super Bowl commercial this year goes to, sorry, Raleigh, envelope. The Blake Shelton, Gwen Stefani, and lead singer of Maroon 5. Holy shit. What was it? I don't even know the company that they were advertising for. It's one of those commercials. And the same thing that happens when you see some of these new jerseys that get rolled out for sports teams sometimes. How, how did these things get through so many people, so many meetings and executives without one person raising their hand and saying, uh, this sucks. Yeah. And it's like when we do something dumb on this show, it's like, well, we did it for free. Um, it's not a, it's not cheap to get ad space on the Super Bowl, let alone to get three leaders or A-listers in the music industry to come on this commercial. And what the hell were they like? We could have crushed that job. Congratulations on their doggy, though. And that was not just the worst commercial of this Super Bowl. That's going to be up there for one of the worst of all time. It's also it's also a pretty mediocre doggy. The doggies get a lot better from here on out. So mm-hmm. let's take us to the second award. The doggy for the most chiseled jawline award. This can be won by any member of the Browns franchise, assuming that their faces meet the qualification. Kevin? Envelope, please. Thank you. The winner of the doggy. Coach Kevin Stefanski. And that's just a no-brainer. It was a sh- it was a shame that we had to that he had to hide behind a mask this entire season. The, the Dog Academy didn't even d- debate that one. It was yeah. anonymous. Built like a Greek god. Number three. Th- this one's actually a musical award. The Doggy for the Best Browns Theme Song About Tim Couch Award. And the Doggy goes to the song about Tim Couch, written by Raleigh and performed by Muccio. Muccio can have it. I did write it. Muccio sang it. But, oh, man, that got, that song slaps. Can we outro with that song? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Moving on to the next doggy. And once again, congrats for winning a doggy at our own award show. Doggy for best story told by a Cleveland Browns legend on the Dogs of War podcast award. Sick plug. Let's just play the footage. 
five yard line. So here we go. We know the fake's up. Well, when, when Wiz and Hud on Saturday had told us that, you know, Chris goes, man, it, we got to do something if we score. And I said, all right, I'll score. You come running around. I'll toss you the ball and you punt it in the, punt it in the stands. He goes, sweet. And that's literally, <laughs> that was it. We didn't practice it. We didn't talk anymore about it. When Phil Dawson talked about the first touchdown celebration experience since the return of the Cleveland Browns franchise, it uh, gives me chills every time. Every single time. Raleigh. So Next award. The doggy for the most hilarious response by a Browns player to a stupid question in a press conference award goes to? The doggy, once again, the dog academy didn't even debate on this. It was anonymous. Baker Mayfield. Get there. You use it to your advantage. We, I mean, sometimes a mad baker is a good baker. Um, and no, I was thinking I was probably going to use it as a disadvantage and, uh, you know, maybe drop the ball four more times. I don't know. Once again, congrats to Baker along with all the other winners tonight. But we're not done yet, folks. The doggy for kick-ass rookie play of the year award. This award will go to the Browns rookie that made the most kick-ass play. Raleigh. Yeah, you know, let's just play the uh, let's just play the footage of Jim Donovan calling it. In the backfield, two receivers left, one right. Mayfield back to pass. Looks going towards the end zone, and it's caught by Donovan Peoples Jones. Touchdown! He got it! He got it! The rookie from Michigan got it with 11 seconds left to go. A back shoulder throw. Unbelievable catch. Unbelievable throw. Donovan Peoples Jones, welcome to your first ever doggy award. Congratulations. What What a magical moment. I'm still freaking out about it. Fantastic. Moving on to the next doggy. Congratulations to DPJ. The doggy for longest sentence ever said by Nick Chubb award. Raleigh. And that goes to Nick Chubb. Let's play the footage. Hey, this is Nick Chubb. Thanks for listening to the Dogs of War podcast. What a plug. What a plug. Thank you, Nick Chubb. That actually is Nick Chubb saying that. Yeah, All the haters that, out there. That is Nick Chubb. So we're we, getting there. Don't ask questions about how we got that footage. Uh, shout out other Kevin, our friend. The next doggy goes for the greatest in-laws of a Browns franchise quarterback. Raleigh? Envelope. Please. Dave and Lori Wilkinson, father and mother-in-law of Baker Mayfield. Now, there's some debate here. Um, when you say in-laws, it's like, I don't know if it's only mother and father because Annie Wilkinson she was in the discussion, but we ultimately decided that it's got to go to the traditional in-laws. That's the mother and the father. So sorry, Annie, you received no doggy tonight. Congrats, Lori and Dave. It's been great getting to know them. They're the nicest salt of the earth people. Amen to that. Let's bring it over to a doggies. That would be one of you, the listeners, the best Muni lot payphone award doggy. Kevin, you want to play the footage? What's up dogs of war. This is Brian of Vermillion. Uh, wishing everyone a happy NFL Draft Eve. Um, my gut tells me the Browns are going to be trading back this year, um, but my gut also tells me to eat 30 bucks worth of Taco Bell, so take that for what it's worth. Uh, anyway, hope everyone is staying safe and healthy, and go Browns. Brian Zabo, you get this doggy award for best Muni Lot payphone call this year, and he also makes kick-ass shirts. Shout out Zabo Apparel Company. S-Z-A-B-O-Apparel.com. What's the next one, Raleigh? <laughs> the doggy for the speech that unintentionally got the entire Browns locker room fired up to beat the shit of the Steelers award goes to 
you feel like this Browns team is has a different vibe, a more successful vibe than what you've seen in the past from them? Nah, I think they're still the same Browns team I play every year. I think they're nameless great faces. Um, yes, they have a couple good players on, on their team, but at the end of the day, like, we, I don't know, like, it's the Browns, it's the Browns. Mr. Juju Schuster, come on down, sir. Thank you so much again, and congratulations on your first doggy. The Browns is not the Browns. Great faces, etc. whatever. Great face. I like that. Great, great faces, not greatest faces. Good yeah, call. great faces. Shout outs to Fansky's jawline. Our next doggy for the second most magical moment of the season experienced by Browns fans. Raleigh. When the Browns clinched the playoffs, ending an 18 year playoff drought in the most magical, sentimental, emotional way possible. It was a thing of joy. You all witnessed it. We all did. And I, I can't describe it in any other way other than magical. That award, that doggy goes to the entire Cleveland Browns organization and the fans that stood by him. So, it wasn't a, wasn't a dry eye in that stadium. Uh, so let's take us to the most magical moment experienced by a Browns fan. Envelope, please. <clears throat> the doggy goes to the moment. When the Browns beat the living shit out of the Steelers in the playoffs <laughs> at Heinz Field will forever be ingrained in our memories. Uh, and in the runner up for the uh, the first place, I guess that would be the kind of contradicting here. But the tears of Ben Roethlisberger that I, I will get that tattooed on my gigantic bicep. That was fun. So thank you once again, everyone, for tuning in to this year's Doggies. Well, I don't know if you have anything else to say, but I was going to say thank you all again for listening, subscribing, following along. We do really appreciate everyone out there. But this is uh, us signing off of season two, season three coming soon. Kevin, I'd like to thank you uh, for being an absolute joy of a co-host, host to work with. Um, it's been a blast. Everybody listening, what Kevin said, uh, we love, we, we do this for you guys. We have a blast doing it. Thanks for everybody calling in. Mostly thank you to everybody that subscribes, likes, listens, and uh, shares and plugs our podcast to their friends and relatives. Convert them. Yeah. We will convert them. So and thank you. And thank you too, Raleigh. You're welcome, Kevin. Um, yeah, we're going to take a short break. Uh, a couple of weeks, not a month, maybe a we'll, month. We'll whatever. let you know. But yeah, we're kind of figuring this shit out as we go. Good night, Cleveland. Let's play the Tim Couch song again. Good night, Cleveland. the story goes.